0: Take your Bibles this morning, if you would. Turn with me to the Book of John and Chapter Four. Book of John and Chapter Four. Last weekend this passage of scripture the disciples had returned to where Jesus was at Jacob's well while he was concluding his discourse with the woman of Samaria by in which he Saved her soul, and they were amazed that he talked with a Samaritan and a woman. And the woman shortly left to go into the city and tell others what the Lord Jesus Christ had done for her. And the disciples being concerned for their master, for their teacher, their instructor, pleaded with him to And he said, I have to eat that you know not of, which puzzled them even further. I mean, they began asking, who gave him something to eat? Did somebody give him something to eat we didn't know about? We concluded the thoughts in verse 34. Jesus saith unto them after this period of questioning, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. But he didn't stop there. That wasn't the end of what he said to them. Yet it is my business, it is my food to do the will of the Father and to complete that will, that purpose for which he has sent me. Now look at verse 35. He continues to speak. say, Say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth May rejoice together. And herein is that saying true one soweth, and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. And labored, and ye are entered into their labor. So Jesus in continuing to talk to them about his doing the will of the Father and to finish his work and he continues on speaking and telling them what that work is. What the will of the Father is in these verses, we find a strong encouragement. A strong encouragement. Those words that, that should encourage us to, to be in the work of the Father, to be in the will of the Father and do His work, and to complete His work. We are given in these verses reasons for, for this encouragement. This, this is a reason for us to be encouraged. To be in the work of the Lord. Those who labor diligently for Christ are encouraged. <laughs> we are encouraged indeed. In from the Word of God. We have promises related to us who who will be faithfully in the work. We have promises that are related to us in the Word of God. Jesus said the fields are white unto harvest. In other words, it's harvest time. Not not four months away. It's harvest time now. The thought with this four months away seems to be that they were probably in the time of about the end of November, the first of December, somewhere in that period of time where their harvest time, their physical harvest time would have been about four months away but Jesus says the harvest is now the harvest is now turn with me to the book of of Genesis in chapter 8 and I would like for us to think on this for a moment Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22 after the flood and it seems to be immediately after the flood Noah and his family uh, exited the ark the Lord opened the door had dried up the land they exit the ark Noah builds an altar on the Lord and the Lord God says this verse 22 while the earth remaineth Seed time and harvest. From from this day on, there's going to be seed time and harvest. Cold and heat. Summer and winter. Day and night shall not cease as long as, as this earth remains. This is what you're going to find. There's going to be a time for sowing the seed. And there's going to be a time for harvest. Now, keeping that thought, there's a time of harvest, a time of sowing and a time of harvesting. Keeping that thought in mind, in the book of Proverbs the book of Proverbs in chapter 10 in verse 5 he that gathereth in summer is a wise son gathers what, what is gathering what's reaping you, you gather the harvest in summer is a wise son. He that that gathers the harvest is a wise son. But but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. He that sleeps and it's, it's time for the harvest. It's time to get the harvest in. And you got a worker that won't work. All he wants to do is sheep. He brings shame. And Jesus said the fields are, are white unto harvest, it is harvest time. You disciples, it's not the time for sleeping. It's 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 the time Jesus said. It's the time to be busy about the Father's business. It's the it's the time to be doing His will and bringing it to completion. Let me ask you this morning. Jesus said, "It's harvest time." Are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? Are we sleeping? For Jesus said it's the time of harvest. A wise son will be out there reaping. He'll be gathering in the fruit thereof. But a shameful son. The son that brings shame to the father will be slothful. You see, sleeping. Jesus said, The fields are are white unto harvest. it's, It's harvest time. Let's get in the fields. Let's get to the harvest. He said, Lift up your eyes. Look Don't you see souls that are perishing, souls that are condemned, souls that are dying all around you? Lift up your eyes and see. It says in verse 36. He that reapeth receiveth wages. <laughs> the reaper receives wages. The disciples when they were harvesting when they got reaping, they received wages. Just as just as we hire hire men to get the crops in, to get help us get the fruits in to the storehouses. And we pay them wages. Our Heavenly Father pays us wages. He that reapeth, receiveth wages. And gather fruit unto life eternal. That fruit which we gather in. They have received. Eternal life. And we've laid up for ourselves unto eternal fruit. Souls that are, are one, souls that are, are brought to Christ through the witness of, of the Word, through the witness of the Gospel. They are crowns of rejoicing. Crowns of great I see. Turn with me to the book of First Thessalonians. The book of First Thessalonians, chapter two, and look with me here at verses nineteen and twenty of chapter two of First Thessalonians. The apostle was led of the Holy Spirit to say to the Thessalonians. For what is our hope? Or joy? Or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? What is our hope? What is our joy? What is our crown of rejoicing? Do we have any? Do we have any at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? Are there any of hope, of joy, crowns of rejoicing, laid up for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ? He said in verse 20, he said, For ye, ye, you Thessalonians, are our glory and joy. You're our reward. You're our wages for being faithful. Being faithful to minister the pure word of God, the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said there is a crown of rejoicing. you're And you Thessalonians and the Corinthians And the Philippians. And the Ephesians. They were all his crowns of of rejoicing. That he was looking forward to. Jesus. Telling these disciples. He said, I am preparing you. And I have prepared you to be sowers and reapers and I'm telling you the harvest is is it's upon us there are souls to be reaped to be brought in he said I am preparing you I am and have prepared you to be sowers and reapers to be Fishers of men. At least four of the apostles, when he called them, they called them to be fishers of men. Andrew and Peter, James and John for fishermen. And he says, Follow me, and I 'll make you fishers of men. fishing fishing for the souls of, of men. Think about that. Think about, think about fishing, thinking about going out here to a lake and going fishing, and, and, and the fisherman always always has hope. he has a good perspective hope. That this is gonna be a, a good day and he's really gonna he's really gonna catch some fish and bring some fish in. Sometimes he meets with disappointment, doesn't he? Sometimes the fisherman goes out and goes on the lake and, and goes to all his 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 best hot spots that he knows of around the lake. Because he knows the Lord well, and he gets skunked. I mean, he comes in with a big zero, nothing. Just a lot of. But he had patience to endure, but nothing. work of fishing for men fishing for the souls of men can be a great discouragement at times why? because we go forth with the gospel we go forth with the pure word of God but the natural man is is hard-hearted. <laughs> He's unbelieving. His eyes are darkened. He will not repent and turn from his sins. He's blind. He's blind to to their own to their own condition. Doesn't matter that you you tried to point out his condition as it is, as it exists before God. He doesn't believe you. He doesn't think he's a bad individual. He doesn't see himself to be a bad person. Surely God will accept him in his good works. Maybe he doesn't even believe that there is a god. Don't talk to me about him. I don't want to hear about him. I don't even believe he exists. And an uncle. Last time my mom and dad was able to visit, with him, give him the gospel, want to give him the gospel one more time. I said, I wish I could believe what you're telling me. And he said, I don't even believe there's a God. He died, as far as I know, in his lost condition. And he suffered torment. Now, this very moment, they do not know that they're condemned. And they're on the road to hell, to a lake of fire that burneth forever and ever. Turn with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 7. This verse spells out their condition. Their condition before God. Verse 7 of chapter 8 of Romans says, because the carnal mind is enmity. The fleshly mind is enmity against God. The fleshly mind is an enemy. He doesn't, he doesn't like to retain God in all, all of his thoughts. And if he can convince himself there is no God, it eases his conscience. It eases his mind. Because if he convinces himself there is no God, then there's no life after death. There's no one that he has to give an account to. But God says there is life after death. After the physical death. For every man is born with a soul. And that soul is eternal. And it lives on. And it spends one place uh, it spends spends itself in one place or the other, either in paradise in heaven, with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the place the redeemed, the condemned spend it in eternal fire and brimstone. He has enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. He can't be subject to it. He thinks he's a pretty good man under the law. In other words, he doesn't submit himself to the law of God, not as the law of God is and as it stands. Listen. till. You have been out there fishing for the souls of men. You have no concept, you have no idea of the small number of those who repent. And believe the gospel. Very small. Indeed. But all we need to be is the attitude as the Apostle Paul was. That he might save some. That he might save some. Turn turn with me uh, to, to the book of Romans. He says that twice uh, in his letters. Romans in chapter 11. In verse 14, writing this epistle to Gentile believers, and he says to them, he says, concerning his countrymen, he said, if by any means I may provoke to emulation, to jealousy, them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. He said, he said, I preach to you Gentiles. I preach the gospel to you Gentiles. And, and he said, hopefully it will provoke my countrymen to jealousy. That I might save some. <laughs> the ninth and tenth chapter begin of Romans begin telling us of his heart's desire and prayer. God for Israel they might be saved he said he even wished that himself could be accursed suffered more reproach and eventually he was put to death why that his countrymen might be saved, that they might, might hear the gospel and be saved, and therefore he had needs to go back to Jerusalem, even, even when he had individuals that were warning, Paul, don't go, Paul, don't go, they're lying in wait for you. But his desire was at song some might be saved. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. And look what he says in verse 22. He said, To the weak, am I as weak, that I might gain the weak I am made all things to all men. Notice that. To all men. That I might by all means save some. He knew the masses weren't going to come. But his idea and his attitude was that some might be saved. He knew God had a chosen people. He knew God had an elect people. And he wanted those to be saved. He wanted to be the instrument used of God to bring about their salvation. Not everyone that is told about their great need Pointed to Christ will believe, will repent and believe. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and verses 13 and 13. Jesus admonishes us, m- us here to enter ye in at the straight gate. Enter in at the narrow gate for wide, stretched out broad. That's the meaning of the word there. It is the gate and broad. Spacious is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in there at. There are the many. The multitudes are going in there at. At the stretched out broad gate. At the spacious gate. Many are going in there. Because straight, narrow is the gate. And narrow. That the word narrow here in the, in the Greek, I'm told, uh, it comes to, to just squeezing in there. I mean, it's a tight fit. You can just squeeze through there, squeezing through there with much affliction and tribulation. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few. There'll be that it. So we know, we know that the, the harvest is now. It is right now. Now is the time of harvest. And we ought to be out there doing the work of the Lord. But we don't need to expect the multitude coming to Christ. We can hope like the Apostle Paul to save some. The laborer finds that the mass, vast majority of those whom he labors among are unbelieving and continue on in their unbelief and their impotence. The many will not come to Christ. But But, what is it that John chapter 6 and verse 37 says to us? John chapter 6 and verse 37 says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. (laughs) All that the Father hath chosen will come. We have the, that assurance of God's Word if we're out there faithfully proclaiming the pure Word of God to them. All that the Father had chosen and given to the Son will come. And Him that cometh to me, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast out. The counteraction against discouragement is for us to recall the promise of God the promise that is before us the promise that is in here in our text in of John chapter 4 and verse 36 he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal There's wages. Turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke chapter 15. Well, let's begin with verse 1. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him, to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners, and eateth with them. Yeah. you got to be out there among the sinners. That's where the harvest is. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, Notice this. What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. (laughs) You see, there there is, the, the wage, there is the wages received. The rejoicing of one soul that repent and trusts God for salvation. The rejoicing. Verse 6. And when he cometh home he calleth together his friends and neighbors saying unto them rejoice with me for I have found my sheep which was lost there is rejoicing amongst kindred spirits over one soul that repents and trusts the Lord Jesus look at this Not only are the rejoicing on earth among kindred spirits, but verse 7, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine persons which need no repentance. There is joy, there is reward in heaven, there is treasure laid up in heaven and and the the rejoicing in heaven the father rejoices the son rejoices the angels rejoice and it is fruit that abounds to our account at the appearing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ the faithful and reapers they're one they're one in the same they're in the same work and they rejoice together. The wages are laid up in heaven and shall be received in the last day. And they far exceed anything, anything that you've done for God. You see, it's not... not (laughs) The world would look at us and say, boy, you're not very successful. Well, they look to the, your pastor. And they say, boy, you're not very successful. I'm not, we don't measure success by the world's standards. By the world's standards, Jesus wasn't Successful. There were many who followed him. There were many who trusted. There were many who he healed. Many who, who received life eternal. But think about the masses. They rejected him. They crucified him. They put him to death. They, they took his apostles. And in time, they crucified them. They put them to death. No, but one's not possible, not, uh, Um, not definite. John. He was persecuted, tossed in a boiling pot of oil. How did he survive that? Well, how did the three Hebrew children survive the fiery furnace? The power of God. Way you can say it. But John was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. God wasn't done with him. God had a vision, had a revelation to give to him to complete the Word of God. And so we have the last book in our Bible, the book of Revelation, It was given to John. You see, It's according to our work. It's according to how much work. It's according to how much labor we're putting in. Yes, and it takes a lot of labor to reap. To reap in the harvest. To gather in the harvest. We're gathering fruit that shall be it shall last forever. Think about that. Fruit unto life eternal. He said, forever fruit. Listen, that's success. Even if it's only one soul. How do you put a price? on one soul comes to Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. Doesn't that make it worth it all? There are wages. There are wages yet to be paid. Fruit yet to be displayed. Let us lift up our eyes and see. Let us go forth (laughs) into the fields. For the forest is now. Turn with me to to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians in chapter 2. And look with me at verses fifteen through seventeen. The Holy Spirit tells us here through the pen of the Apostle Paul. For we are unto God. We are unto God. A odor, a sweet odor of Christ. That's what we are. We're a sweet odor, we're a sweet savor of Christ. In that are saved, and in them that are perished, perished. If we're, if we're doing the work of God, if we're doing the work of Christ, we're, we're a sweet odor of Christ unto God. Are saved and in them that perish. To the one we are the savor, the odor of death, death, and to the other, savor of life unto life. And who is sufficient? For these things. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God. But as of sincerity, as of purity, the pure word of God. But as of God, in the sight of God, speak we in Christ. We go forth with the the pure word of God, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. And unto some it is life, unto life eternal. And to the others, they continue on in their condemnation. They continue on in their road to death and destruction. But we done the will of God. Look with me the book of Psalms. Psalms in 126. In verse 6. Here's a promise, the promise to us, the promise to us labors of wages. He that goeth forth, he that goeth forth, the laborer, the laborer, the reaper, the one who's going to gather in the harvest, he goes forth into the harvest and weepeth. He laments. He laments over lost souls. It's out there. The field's out there. There's lost souls all about us. Are you lamenting over lost souls? Bearing precious seed. Bearing the precious Word of God. The pure Word of God. It is the seed. Shall notice this, shall doubtless, without a doubt, come again, rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Not just one sheaf, but a bundle of sheaves, a stack of sheaves all tied together. Coming. <laughs> but you got to go forth, you got to be a laborer you got to be a reaper. you got to go forth. You go forth because you lament the condition of the souls that are out there perishing. You know God has a chosen people. God has an elect. And you're out there busy with the precious seed, the, the pure word of God. That you might bring some in. That you might save some. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah in closing. Isaiah in chapter 55. Isaiah 55, verse 11. know this verse well. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. savor of death unto death. A savor of life unto life. But it shall accomplish that which I please. savor of death unto death. A savor of life unto life. And it shall prosper in the thing to. Ah, Senate, he's the one. He's the one. You see, success is not ours. Our work is successful if we do the work of the Lord, and the work of the Lord brings them in, or leaves them in their death and destruction. The word of the Lord, he brings in those whom he has chosen to eternal life. He's called you and I to be workers in his field. That's what he was admonishing the disciples here. The disciples thought it was time for physical food. Jesus says it's time for the spiritual. He said, my, my food is to do the will of the Father and to complete His work. He said, the fields are white under harvest. Right now. Right now is the harvest time. Now is the time that we are to be working in the field. Do we realize, do we know the day is coming? is approaching when there will be no more work be done. Jesus coming to take us home, to be with Him. And our work will be done. Our task will be done. Shall we stand?